You're listening to Red Nation Online. Wednesday, July 20th, it's Ian Clark and no Steve Perry or Tim Vickery. In their place is Andre Zadarozny, and we are back from BMO and the start of something new. Unfortunately, it feels like the same old result. It will take time to get this team in sync as TFC fielded five new players and lost to FC Dallas 1-0. We go over the match, discuss performances of our newest signings, and what is to come. All in the next 45 on East Side Stand Up. standard uh, stock beginning saying we're back from BMO Field and uh, I think it's I think it's safe to say mixed feelings mixed feelings from uh, a 1-0 loss to uh, FC Dallas and it was you know it was going to be a tough one from the get-go so um, you know I think a lot of people were hoping for the best Uh, it wasn't the worst but a loss is still a loss. I, I almost forgot the score because I was so fixated on all the new faces the European faces. <laughs> I think everybody was. I think the European long hairs. Either they, <laughs> yes, and 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 there's some people out in Toronto that are dressing like those guys. Yeah, you know, I've seen people makeshift jerseys. We, makeshift saw, we jer- saw some T-shirts <laughs> with 22 drawn on the back. Uh, people have a lot of time on their hands. This is true. It's like um, a weird fan club. But let's uh, let's set a little bit of a backstory to this game here tonight, because um, obviously. The big picture or the big news or whatever was this was the grand unveiling. The mm-hmm. grand unveiling yeah. of the new look, Toronto FC, or as we called it on the site, you know, midseason is the new preseason yes. for, for TFC because yeah. uh, I didn't think actually so many of these guys were going to get the start. But in fact, uh, half of our yeah. outfield players um, were playing their first game. I didn't think Coovermans would start at all. No? No. I mean, he, he was away. And he, uh, and then he, and he, you know, he had to finish some, just some unfinished business, and he didn't train as much as Frings did. But I guess they needed him. They wanted to see how, uh, how he could do. Yeah, that's true because Coverman's. I think his last year at PSV was sort of. I think he only had thirteen or fourteen games, whereas at least Frings played the full season, right, uh, in the Bundesliga. So for Brem, yeah. So Brem- they would have finished in. Uh, sometime in May, so it's only yeah. been about a month that, no. he's, that he yeah. would have been out, of, and I'm sure they had been talking to him prior to that as well. It probably wasn't just, uh, you know, it would have been June. So I don't even a month he would have been out that these deals would have been, been uh, in negotiations, right? But you know, um, you know, you circle the calendar, you're looking at uh, these guys coming in, a lot of excitement, but you're facing FC Dallas, who coming into this game, or let's even like just quickly look back to last year. You know, kind yes, of. Let's. Do you, I mean, well, I mean, in the sense of just you know establishing who they are, um, what kind of opponent we have, and uh, you know, last year, sort of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but I mean, they were a, a bottom dwelling team for a couple of years there. They're quite poor. Yeah. And then last year out of nowhere, I think they they pushed towards fifty points. If they not did. More. Well, they had a scoring machine in 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 Cunningham, right? Yes. 
and and uh, David Ferreira, right? right? Like had an outstanding season. Like uh, he kind of had that Amado Guevara MVP season. That's right. Of like roughly ten goals, ten assists. Yep. Um, and but the thing that I remember thinking of that last year was that they managed to just like just sort of grind out draws and then snatch wins, and it was a lot of low scoring affairs. But this year, they've sort of been able to turn a lot of draws into wins. Like they've sort of switched that around. And with this game now, they're actually leading the league in wins. Is that right? Yeah, on even games now. I think they are with LA mm-hmm. and who's in second in in the West. I'm drawing a blank, Let's but. See. Um, 10 games for L.A., 10 games for second place, and I guess now uh, Dallas has moved up with their 11th win. I mean, the way they played today, as they should. Yes. This is a team that's played, you know, as, as gelled and and are cohesive and are... The, some of the plays they did, little back passes and, and rushing and picking up on TFC's lackadaisical defending at times. Yeah. All these open, open holes. Yeah. I mean, they they're they're a team that that can threaten for a championship. Yeah, this year most definitely. And you know that's the funny thing is they, well, it's not funny, but anyways, they look <laughs> better than they did last year. But I guess that's it. You know, when you have a team that's been you know assembled for you know they've been sort of building that team for two or three years now, right. and now they're hitting their stride. They're shifting into fifth gear, and they're in uh, second place, thirty eight points. Okay, so and the funny thing is actually too is that, um, you know at Early on in the season, they got off to a really slow start, and it was when David Ferreira got injured. Mm-hmm. And I think he broke his ankle in, in an ugly way ugly. against Vancouver. Brutal. Brutal. And since Ooh. then, I think now they're at 15 games and two losses over that stretch. That's pretty amazing. It's really good. So that's the backdrop. That's the backstory. It could be the jerseys. Game. The hoops. Nice jerseys. The hoops are nice. You're, they look, you're saying that. They're stylish. I, I like the hoops. They are stylish on that pitch. You know, it's, they're, I, I'm trying to, you know, and now I'm, I'm relinked to the league. Is are, They might be the only team that sort of doesn't rock the stock. Yeah. Like Adidas. The Adidas closet of same old, same yeah, old. Yeah, like Seattle's with a terrible X kind of yeah. like. But that's the um, new thing. Everybody's wearing them. I know in World Cup, France. That sort of like glow in the dark thor- um, yeah. cycling jacket yeah. thing. It's you all about wearing. performance. Like you're going to run faster. Like I don't. Well, anyway, whatever. so looking at this, we get into the game. Twenty-one thousand come out tonight. Yeah, it was a slow to fill up, but it it was you know first time we were we were thinking since uh, the LA Galaxy actually mm-hmm. that uh, BMO Field has been this full, and uh, I mean that's a good sign. People are interested again, right? And rightfully so. We were talking about who we thought might have started this game. Um, I would have thought um, Frings probably. Maybe Coverman's, and then I wasn't in the loop with Dunfield what his story was, so I was kind of hoping. Yeah, well, he's he's injured, right? Right. So, but uh, we get five new starties starters. Andy Iro, uh, what is his name? Viatora. Viatora, yeah. Viatora, Torsten Frings, Brian Johnson, Danny Coverman's. Mm-hmm. It's five new guys on the outfield. So Vinter just you know. Isn't holding back. He's he like, he's he like, had forget it, man. He had you know what? To say. Well, that's true. You know, you're getting paid a ton of money. That's what we were joking. It's like, hey, these guys <laughs> got to earn their paycheck. They do. They're they're going 90 minutes. They're not coming out here to like get subbed in at the 70th minute. Just like have a little run out, which I think shows Aaron Winter's capacity as coach. And I'm a I'm a Winter fan. I enjoy him. I think he's stylish. No, I was <laughs> You enjoy and that, him. I no, <laughs> that go. I think that I think I think. I mean, look, he started Vinto or um, Vinter Viator. Oh, started right. Viator, right? This guy was what here a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he's match fit. Like he's he's he wants to show the fans and 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 I guess the media in Toronto, which are so jaded, that that he's not just he's not just spending money willy nilly, and he's not just getting guys that don't want to play. One hundred ten percent, and I, I think that we saw that today. I really do. I think Frings and and all the new guys. Okay, Andy Iro. Okay. Yeah. With that, beside Borman, we talked about that. Yeah. Like that was a gaping hole, and some of the mistakes they were making was shocking. I, I don't care if you've never played with with this guy before, but you're supposed to be professionals. Learn how to pass the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I mean, I had my. I don't know if excuse is the right uh, is the right way to put it, but I mean, I think he's I think he's only had four appearances this year. Who, so Iro? I mean, Iro. Yeah. So you know, there's a difference between practicing week in week out in yeah. a game situation. Yeah, deer in headlights. And, kind of yeah, you know that's probably fair. Yeah. Deer in the headlights a little bit. He looked a little bit like when he got the ball and he looked up. He's was, like, who's <laughs> coming at me? There was the, the you know Dallas was coming at him and he didn't know who to pass to. And he passed and he passed the worst possible person. Yeah. Yeah, time and time again. But who are we missing in that back line today? Who are we missing? Richard Eckersley. Richard Eckersley. Eckersley. <laughs> like, work day, uh, workhorse. Mm-hmm. Him and Joe Plata. Constantly. But I wonder if, if, if Eckersley had been had been available where, uh, is it Viator? Am I saying his name right? Yeah, Viator. 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 Eddie Viator. Okay. V I A T. If he would have made an appearance, if he might have been, is he, like, is he a fullback or is he a center back or is he a utility guy? He, uh, on the website, they said he could play, I think, center back and I think right back. Yeah. So, well, I mean, what do we think? We think that when Eckersley's coming back against Kansas City or against Esteli, like, sure. Where, where do you think he's going to put him? He's going to switch it up? I mean, Borman's not going to start for sure. You think he's not going to start for no, sure? No way. There's no way. After he's, tonight? But he starts every week. Well, I've been saying this Big since, changes. We've been saying it here since the, his third game that Borman can't keep starting, and he starts him week in, week out. But we could also have a surprise. I mean, look what happened to Ty Harden today. Yeah, I guess That so. was, look, like, and, 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 uh, and um, Sulzma. Right. Like, so we'll round, let's, we round off okay. the lineup, because, I mean, after those five guys, we had Borman, uh, Urasowski, and Sturgis in the midfield. Uh, Kuvermans and Plata up front with Ryan Johnson. And the, and the interesting thing is it looked like they had a set play right off the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, you That Johnson was wide left, mm-hmm. wide left. Mm-hmm. And they put it straight to him, and he sort of headed it straight on to Kuvermans, and then it kind of just fell flat. Um, but but that was encouraging to see that, you know, I mean, they tried to work something off the bat. Yep. And then here we are one minute in, Kuverman earns a free kick, and, uh, you know, toward, we see the sort of the... Um, unveiling of Torsten Frings. Yeah, it's funny could. that you know what's funny is the game started and ended with him right. literally. You know, on a free <laughs> nice bookends. Yeah. yeah, but uh, the, the first one was a little bit more dramatic and, than the well, last, he made, last one. He made uh, the goalkeeper work, and that's I guess I think that's what what the team has been lacking, right? Yes. Um, so we had this, but you know what? I think there's been points in the season where we've sort of had that opening two minutes that the team has looked really great has created a chance very early on. And then what happens is, as the game sort of starts to set into the ebb and flow, you see the other team start to impose themselves. And we saw that from Dallas, for sure. Right. Once that, once the game, that you know, that, those you know, nervous, you know, Steve Perry calls it the nervous five, like the nervous opening yeah. five minutes where yeah. teams are kind of like just getting their feet under them, um, you could see it started to become pretty clear that one team 
was familiar and very in sync. Yeah. And the other They're team not. was, you know, sort of seeking out each other and trying to figure out who they're going to pass to, you know, what they're going to do, how they're actually going to work this this ball up field. And I think in the early going, really the only guy in Toronto I think that stood out was was Torsten Frings. Definitely. Well, as, he won as, being, as being capable, you know what I mean? As yeah. sort of like on a, on a defensive side of the ball and um, pushing forward. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, looking at the FC Dallas uh, website, I mean, I'm saying that the coach couldn't read Toronto because of all the new changes, but I don't know how true that is. Because he would know coming into that, I would think, that his team is... I mean, obviously he's going to say that to make Toronto kind of think, or whoever's reading it, to think that he's not... That Toronto is his big mystery team now, right? Right. But reality sets in, logic sets in that this, Toronto is still rebuilding. And you're not going to get Franks. I don't care if you got Ronaldo or all these players. They're not going to be on all cylinders right away. And you see that. You see Dallas as the team that dominated a lot of that match mm-hmm. and picked up. It was like a, it was I think it was a great game. I think it was one of the better games all season. Why? Because you had end-to-end stuff at times for better or for worse on Toronto's end. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh at least you saw I mean I, I was really I mean it was great to see Dallas do what they do best and that was play pretty good football. Yeah. And it was good also to see uh you know a good team come in here and we didn't lose 6 to 2. Yeah. <laughs> all, oh, man. Do you remember? Yeah, you remember that. You know what I mean? Like it's, you, you, at the very least, like if you lose a game, it's like, well, at least it was at least it was good football, right? Which is yeah. not always the case with right. MLS. Yeah. You know, we can yeah. lose a game and it can be the worst 90 minutes. Doldrum. Just awful. Pitiful. Like, why am I watching this? Yes. And we've had those games so far this year. And at least this one, you know, Dallas put some exciting plays. You know, made Fry work. Fry stood tall, made some big saves, and then we go back the other way. And it's not quite as cohesive in terms of the attack, but at least, you know, we saw plays where Nick Sulzma would, would chip one in or, yeah. or, or Mike on Santos had a chance and stuff like that where, you know, at least there's sort of – there is something on the other end. There yeah. is a chance sort of being generated even if it isn't quite getting on goal. It was good that Santos played. It was good that he came in. Yeah. I think he, I think he changed up the attacking – uh, the movement on the ball, and he had more chances, I think, legitimate chances than anyone else. Right, and that's, you know, as we go into, I mean, we haven't really recapped the first half, which, you know, like we, we set the backdrop there of how Dallas really started to, you know, maintain possession, control the play, control the chances. Toronto didn't have a lot of stuff. There was in, like, around the 38th minute, uh, Kuvermans had a really nice shot long range. He did. That, you know, signaled you know, what we've bought into with him is someone who can score from distance. And he's kind of like, uh, Tim likes to talk about, you know, the one thing this team has always lacked is like a natural predator up front. Mm-hmm. Someone who's just like a poacher. And I think Kuberman's is that, is that you're not going to see him for the 90 minutes. But when he gets the chance or he gets the space to make it happen, he's going to put a ball on net. And that's what we saw there. And that was, to me, that was, you know, even though that was really the only chance he had, um, in the first half. Oh, and then he had that terrible one I, right at the end. I was, yeah. Go ahead. What, you mean the header? Yes. See, that that was what you just said was interesting, and, and and I agree with you, but which is what surprised me the most about him having all that time in the box and heading it. Yeah. He didn't have the presence to kind of say, there's no one around there's me. no one around me. I can just bring this ball down and yeah. have and have a shot on goal. I guess, I guess you can't ask for miracles. I mean, in that, saying that, I mean... You can't ask Frings and Kuberman on their first game to be like, 
hey, we're going to dominate. And yeah. we're, we're going to beat whatever team is against us our, on our own. Which that's is not true. Right. And that's the thing is we can have a discussion on either end of the of the spectrum. But the game does need to put in be put into context of, of course, like we said it off the top, that you have five new players who are stepping on the field who have never played with each other or with the other five players. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> i got to say, that walk home was hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I would have said off the top, you know, Andre's here on the show. Steve and Tim are, are out of town. And uh, Andre's got a brother who sits in 110, 109. Mm-hmm. 110 so it's he, all, my twin brother so it makes it even fun we're at opposite ends of the east side and the first thing so we're we're walking out and we're kind of like ah oh, you know that was okay you know <laughs> plata you know we like plata he he worked hard and whatever and frings was great and then his <laughs> julian's just like that was shit <laughs> that so- was shit that sucked he's like same old crap he's like plata sucks you know who was good you're so <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like watching two different games. Yeah. And, and we're on two different it, sides. But you know what's funny is like, you know, we've met Joe, remember? at yeah. uh, And he said, you know, he's down in the south end and he sometimes says like, you guys are talking about this game. And it's like you're talking about a completely different game than I saw. Yeah. Which at times, you know, we're see we're, you know, the stuff that we know with detail is happening right in front of us. Yeah. And the stuff that, you know, we're talking about in the other half is at the far end of the pitch and we're kind of just going on as far as that we can see down So this there. is all mathematics, right? This is all it angles is. And, so, and mirages. So 50% of the time, we know what we're talking about. The, I think so. The other 50% of the time, we're just making it oh, up. But I, I do think that my brother was wrong in saying that Jal Plata had a bad game. I, I mean, even though he's small and even though he... But he works, man. And that's what you need on this team. 130%. Sure. He had... I will say, you know, play devil's advocate, he had some very frustrating moments. Sure. And it's like... When he works one v one, and he doesn't have the space, yeah, it's tough to watch. You, I almost want him to like pull out and, mm. and seek out the pass instead, instead of taking of that guy doing on. it on his own. But it's like when he's coming down the left side. So when he switched back to the left side in the second half, yeah, and you could see that he would, he would work one v one and have the room to cut in. Mm-hmm. That's when he's the best, I right. find. Yeah, and then he can cut in or cut back out. I, I, it's interesting to see that he's not a, a like a legitimate one hundred percent striker. He's not a poacher. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not what Cooperman's is playing. Cooperman's is playing this kind of lone lone wolf, this lone gunman a, a bit. Right. You know, in the first half especially. In the second half, it starts to change a little bit. But it be, he's small enough that he can kind of get tight and get those little passes in the box and that attacking third and really make a presence. Right. And you know what? If you look at Dallas. Right. Breck Shea and Marvin Chavez up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, Breck Shea's, I think, 6'3", and Chavez is probably 5'7", 5'6". Yeah. You know, you had the same, um, you know, the same contrast in your attackers that Toronto could possess. Um, but you're never, we're not going to see that because we're playing a 4-3-3. No, and it... Yeah. So we get into the second half. You know, things are looking pretty good. And right off the bat, we're literally a few minutes in. The mm-hmm. guy who's sort of been running us ragged in the first half. The one guy I thought that, you know, of course, really... I mean, Chavez looked good too, but who really stood out was Breck Shea. And uh, he punished us. It was a, a Urasowski turnover. Brutal and I, turnover. And I think what yeah. we, I think what you saw there was, um, you know, you have Frings who's not familiar with his teammates, and I think he bought into the fact that Urasowski wasn't going to cheaply turn the ball over. Yeah. And he was caught out of position. Yeah. And you know, Shea picks up the ball, and Frings tries to make a tackle, misses it, and there's so much space between the midfield and the back mm-hmm. line. 
that he just looks up and sees he's got about what five yards at, at least, least between at him least. And, the, and, the, and the last defender. And he was gone off the post and in. Yeah. It was perfect, and beautiful that's beautiful. And I think that's his ninth on the year. So breakout year for Shea. I think he's only twenty three as well. So this is you know he's having a a huge season, yeah. especially with there's no David Ferrer on the team. Right. That this is like this this is the shakeup that they've done and, and they've been so successful. And then from that point on, we saw two quick substitutions after that, right? Where, um, oh, and then after that, sorry, we should mention the goal that got called back. Oh, And yes. upon further review, review that, yeah. it does look like it was it, offside. It, In the stadium, we were losing it, and that's the side of, this, of the stadium that we're sitting at yeah. in the, north, uh, the northeast corner. So yeah. even when we saw it, we are like, that was onside. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all looking at, uh, we always give shout-outs to Julie and Dino here on the show, our friends that sit just over from us. And they're like, was that onside? Was that offside? Ugh, it was offside. It like was just outside. by like a just. just like a foot, and again it goes by angles. Like the the TSN had shown different angles. And that linesman would have been in the perfect position, and he, and he was in the perfect position to see it. So it, he was Plata was like like a head, not even a head offside on that, but he was he was he, he was, was offside. Yeah. So Which, immediately after that, we see Winter make some interesting substitutions mm-hmm. because he takes out Urasowski and Sturgis, who are sort of those fringe. They're kind of fringe starters, right. fringe midfielders, not your ideal players out there. No. Nope. And he sort of throws everything in the kitchen sink, puts in Santos, and immediately after puts in Suizma. So we've got all our attacking, pretty much all of Whatever our attacking we have. options yep. up there. And it doesn't bear a lot of fruit. You know, like Suizma, you know, you can, I think you can kind of tell that um, the guy, they don't want to pass the Suizma. Like it's kind of like it's kind of it's true. Didn't yeah. you see it? No, he's calling for the ball, man, and it's like it's only as the very, very, very last resort that that it looks like he gets the ball. But wide. it seemed to me that he was getting the crosses in when nobody really else that's was. The, that's which the is messed the weird up thing with him. Right. Is he, he finds a way. He yeah. looks so uncoordinated. I know. Awkward, he doesn't want to. Like slow, you said he doesn't want to hit off that left and foot. Useless. Yeah. And he always finds a way to go deep, cut back fake the guy out like he faints him and they they fall for it every yeah, time to get the space he needs to cross the ball in and he had a couple of good chances he created some corners he's the guy that you like you no I don't know anyone who really likes him yeah and then you begrudgingly are just like oh, I think he's, he's getting better he's, I think he's getting better every game like from earlier in the season well, he was garbage but I think that I think he's. I think this is as good as he's gonna get. Yeah, I think which so. Which is like passable as a depth player. You know what I mean? Like he's good as a substitute. If you can beat a defender and get a cross in, that's something. That's worth some kind of salt. Yeah, and he's done it against like I, I, if I think correctly, the left back would either be Benitez or, or there's Zach Lloyd out there yeah. on on Dallas, and those are good players, you know. So <laughs> credit to him. And he did, when I remember it was against Houston too that he was. Taking Andrew Hano, the Canadian, to school. Yeah. Over right. and over. And it's yep. like, this is embarrassing that he's doing this to a Canuck. But what are you going to so do? So that means that Sulzma isn't, he's an he's not a starter, but he's something. Yeah. <laughs> That's saying a lot. So we get to the end of the second half, round down this game. And um, I don't know, I guess we'll, let's just build it up to that last play. Okay. And we'll wrap up this game because, I mean, the one thing we noted is they definitely, I mean, they were going for it. Because you saw Andy Iroh. Was, Toronto. Was, yeah, Toronto yeah. was going for Andy Iroh was playing all the way up. Mm-hmm. Frings oh, was essentially Frings, playing center. He played like four positions. We were seeing like, uh, what am I thinking of? Doug Flutie at Boston College, man. It was long. It was Hail Mary Hail after Mary, Hail Mary grace, after yeah. Hail Mary. Um, and I don't know why Fry never didn't come up for that corner. 
that last corner. I thought for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Probably should have. I think he should have. Well, it seemed like the team was going balls out for everything. Yeah. I think that would have been... Yeah, and I that's and you know the one of the commentary we should say on the second half and heading down the stretch and, and a lot of people your brother said it we had said it before he said it that was maybe the one thing we agreed on mm. was that they'd ran out of ideas. Oh yeah, when, which again you know when we're talking oh. about putting the game into context that it's like these guys don't know what like the five new guys outside of just raw instinct and mm-hmm. and and just being a footballer right they they don't know how to they don't know what to expect from their teammates. They don't know where they're going, so it's just a matter of you know re- returning to what you know, which is just, which just is putting the ball much. down the pitch, and uh, old school Danny Dicchio style, uh, you know John Carver football, which is yeah. just like put the ball down to the big guy, <laughs> football, and hope that he heads it on. Yeah. And we almost saw something a couple of times. You know what? It looked did look threatening when Frey would just boot it, boot it, boot it, boot it. Yeah, but I I think sustainability of your original plan says something about a team, and I think that if you don't freak out. If you guys don't, if they don't start worrying about it and stay calm, I know. I mean, obviously, it's completely really difficult, especially with a team that's still getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. But if they kept doing, try to try to work that whole. I know the total football thing has been played out by now. Everybody talks about it. He's been talking about it for months. But I think that if they continue the, the short passes and try to make like Frings has the ability. He showed it all night tonight. Yeah. That he, I mean, he couple passes to Jow was great. Were great. And he yeah. was just he's breaking up the play. It's I don't know. I think they could have stuck with it. No, I'm freaked out. Okay, so let's let's just get to the the next segment here. Let's 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 uh, we were talking about like let's rate let's rate the new players. What are your thoughts? Yeah, let's do it. Now, he, he, I don't. I wanted to do this because I even I set this clip up. I can't. We can't do this podcast <laughs> without me running this clip. Okay, go. It's pure gold. It is gold. So the the backstory is we did a we did a pod a few weeks ago that didn't quite make it to air, but we salvaged a bit of it. So. Yeah, one of the topics, and it, it was too bad we lost it because it was one of the more sarcastic Did ones. you guys lose the whole pod? We lost like, good chunks. It just got to a point where it was like we couldn't post it. It was yeah. so whatever. But it was right when these guys got signed, right when Frings and, and Coovermans got signed. So, of course, you know, the question went out to uh, Tim Vickery, who is quite uh, – he likes to go on tirades about MLSE, um, <laughs> the coach – Everything as he should, and um, you know, and when the question was posed, you know, I want to be like, hey guys, so what do you think of these signings? How did you, you know, what do you, what do you expect this and that? So um, this is pretty much, you know, what he would have said. If they work out, that's fantastic. But, but they've never worked out in the past. Never, so. This club has yet Let's to sign a fucking player this. of any worth, uh, with the exception of a, like one or two um, that have panned out. And if they're going to waste like a million or half a million on another has-been like burnout that just wants to sort of cash in for another half a million dollars, then I'll, I'll be excited when I see some goals in the back of nets. In all honesty, we, I got, everyone was excited about Mr. last year. Do you remember that? What do we think? I think that, I think that we have some good... Prospects. I we think. didn't see a goal. Tim no, wanted the no. goal. He said Tim he wanted hit. a goal, but I think we're asking <laughs> too much. I mean, look, it could have happened. Cooperman's could have, you know, chilled out on that second second attempt he had and not headed it in. Uh, Frings could have had a couple of, you know, shots make it. I mean, he he made the goalie work once, and and, and but he was, you know, he was making the fans uh, cheer harder. I mean, every, there was more of an electricity that you, we've missed. Yeah. And I think that that's sorely needed in this in this city. Yeah, you know, and um, we're not the diehards are. This is season five is for the diehard. It's for the fans that have been put up with a lot of garbage. 
you know, mm-hmm. and and twenty one thousand, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I think and I think that have faith in winter, and I think that it'll work. All right, so let's run through. Let's go. You know, let's go because we always want to finish as positive as possible. Let's run through these five new guys, okay. worst to best. Oh, okay, you go. Well, I'm gonna say uh, if I was giving ratings, um, if we did, a, well, let's g- name them off. We let's did name a Gazetta della Sport style. Okay. All right. Uh, you starting with a five is equilibrium, right? Okay. You know how you know how it works. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's not like a it's not a scale of one to t- it's on a scale of one to ten, but it's not from like one to worst to ten the best. It's five is equilibrium. Okay. If I had Andy Iroh, I would have given him a four and a half. That's fair. And I would have had it under the context that he's played what like four games this yep. year, and uh, it's just you know he's he not going to. He be- looked a little deflated. Yeah. He did. He looked a little deflated. He looked a little frustrated. Yeah. Um, after that, I would probably go with who do we got here? Um, maybe Ryan Johnson. I'd maybe give him a five, five and a half at the most. Him and in, in, uh, Viatora, I would have said roughly the same. I kind of got felt like I got the same out of both of them, which was like, you know, good pace, good effort, good athleticism. Huh. Didn't really produce anything. I would have had Viatora next. Yeah, yeah. I think Johnson. Made a made more of an impact. Although I did lose him a bit in that second half. Yeah, I didn't know where he went, and Viatore kind of popped up more. But for effort, and then jumping into the fans afterwards, mm. a plus. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you should give him an extra point for that. Yeah, after a half point, you know, yeah, he'll get in trouble. Up. So yeah, you're right. So we're going Iro, Viatora, Johnson. For he, sure. he wants I might to even, be loved. You know, I might even put Ryan Johnson ahead of. Co- well, I'm sure. Like I said, I Hoover, think ahead of Cooverman. Well, what what, did, what did Cooverman do? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, him being a strong presence up front and 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 making, I'm sure, making Dallas worry a bit. But I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm giving. But, we but, just said we, he jumped in with the fans. I'm giving him extra <laughs> points for that. Okay, but that, I also was going to say jumping the fans. Is I'm not sure he'll goals. be getting a stern um, talking to talking to from someone. That's at, not at what we do here at BMO Field. Listen, we don't want you mixing with those <laughs> folk. Yeah, do you know? Don't talk to them. Don't talk to them. No Twitter, nothing. Nothing, yeah. You can't go to any events. They're a bad sort. Yeah. But we love them. Yeah. But we need you. They're on all our marketing materials, <laughs> but we don't want you anywhere near them. Lovely. I don't know who I was. That was. I my, don't know. That was. Was that Tom Anselmi? Yes. <laughs> yes. That definitely was Tom Okay, Anselmi. so then, then we have, is that it, Coverman's? And then I was going to say, obviously, uh, the man of the match. Frings. Well, you know what? I mean, you can say man of the match. Was, was that all five? Did we do everybody? Yeah, because we did Iro, Viator, um, Johnson, Coverman. Oh, yeah. That's four. Coverman, and now we're at Torres and Frings. Man of the match. Um, now close second, Stephen Fry for the overall. But we're talking about the five guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Fry Fry deserves to be captain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if if Frings could speak English, he I, speaks English, doesn't he? I'm think. pretty sure. He didn't in those press conferences. Oh, he didn't. He had a, oh, okay. he had a translator. If he learns it quick, it could be, it could be an elaborate hoax. Yeah, it's like Pablo. He he's like uh, Marco Antonio Barrera, the boxer. Right. Do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah. He he never. The whole joke. That's is right. That, the whole joke is that uh, he never speaks English in his post-fight things. But but people joke, have heard him speak English. People think he speaks perfect English. Yeah. And when he fought Nassim Hamed, there's like this whole myth behind that. Um, there was a point when he had him in a reverse headlock. They were like tussling, yeah. and he apparently he like apparently whispered something in his ear. He's like, "Like, how do you like that?" Yeah. Or something crazy. And he's like, "Well, he speaks English." <laughs> but when they do post fights, only he when he wants Spanish, he'll never speak English. And he like to the media. That means he's a smart fighter. Yeah. That means he's he's using his the tools he has and kind of freak people out. Yeah. So, anyways, tor- tor- enough of boxing. Boxing. Yeah. Torsten Frings. So he yeah he's uh, 
I think if you know he speaks uh, better English, I, I would probably go for him as the captain next year. Yeah, I think they gotta wait. He's and, already uh, to me. But, but, he's but, already but, did, what did he do early in the match? He was telling Ty Harden to, to move up. Remember, you saw that. Yeah, he was talking to the team. Well, he wasn't speaking German. You think he was speaking German to Ty Harden? Well, he would. Well, what he was saying, move here. <laughs> Yeah, he's not. He's not saying like, excuse, excuse me, kind sir, Ty Harden, number twenty for the Toronto yeah, FC. Yeah, gentlemen and a scholar. Would you please be able to move further up the field so we can push forward as a unit? No, he just was pointing and saying like, move. That's okay. That's fair. All right, fine. But I will say that he. But that's good. Santos doesn't do that. No. Santos, you know. <laughs> what do I do? It's oh. too cool though for him. Oh uh, yeah, got a little windy, you know, off the lake. Yeah. So that's Thorsten Franks, great, yeah. great addition, great addition. Obviously, the class, that Bundesliga class, man, mate, like honestly, I'm so happy yeah. that he's here. So let's look ahead. Ah, as, as, the as, horizon. Yeah, as um, I don't know what you see on the horizon. If it's uh, I see success, you know, uh, in my pink, crystal ball, you know, um, sailors' delight, or is it, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> doom and gloom? No, that Esteli match on Wednesday yeah. is going to be awesome. Yes, I, I don't disagree. But before we play Estelle, we have to go to Kansas. Oh, of City. course, we got to make a stop at in Missouri. Yeah, which won't be. I don't think it's going to go well. You don't think so? No. Omar Bravo's playing. Yeah, he Kansas loves City's it. got in Kansas City signed a DP. Who? Oh, that Colombian. Yeah. Right. So, I, Wait, but he's not going to play. You think? Well, Vars just did. Why wouldn't theirs? Yeah, maybe. So, and then after that, we have Portland on the road. So. Oh. You know what? I, th- I think it's like the one thing we've heard and we've read it in the in the newspapers is that Aaron Venter really doesn't give a shit about losing right now. No, he's focused on yeah. on the long term. He's focused on the vision that he has, and it's like you know what? That's what a good coach does. He can't make promises. Like how many coaches have we had making and making false promises? Right. But to be fair, no coach I think has really had has been given what the he three has. year contract and said and an we're purse. not gonna we're not gonna mess with you. Because, to be fair... Do you think so? Do you think they're not messing with him? Honestly? I think if they mess with him, he'd just walk. To be honest with you. Like, they, if they did, he'd just be like, who who, who, are you, who are you talking to? Yeah. I'm Aaron Vinter. Who are you? Yeah. Tommy look, look who I have in my corner. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like... Yeah, you're probably on. right. So... Not the, the, the Mo Johnston years anymore. No. Where it's like total Whew. snake oil oh, salesman, bro. right? Um, Jerk. So I think, and you know what... To their credit, I think they they understand or they're they're buying into what he's probably suggesting. You know, they're talking about um, putting in a scouting network in Central and South America, which is something that we've I've been like as like pie in the sky. Definitely, like, it's just been a total. I've just been like they need to have you know they they should be putting DP money into a guy in Central America in Honduras, Guatemala, 100%. Nicaragua, and Costa Rica. Hundred percent agree. You know, they should have a guy in. We're in Col- They should have a guy sakes. in Colombia. Because that league is financially ruined and are looking to sell players off. Oh, are they? Yeah. And there's countries like Colombia, Ecuador, and Brazil where that is like, that is their business. Deep pool. Maybe we'll find a name on it. That is their business, right? Is to produce young players to sell. To sell, yeah. And we have money to buy them. Evidently. Right? So why aren't we? And especially when you look at kids who are like 18 or 19, that's when you're going to get them at the cheapest. But but MLSE is, is... Ding ding! Financially, they're they got you know they want to put asses in the seats. So what they're gonna do? A a Europe. Look, we are Toronto is 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 European in many respects. Right. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna look first to Europe, 
and 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 I don't think it's paper slipper time, as I've heard on Satanta Sports. They call like uh, Henri, you know, it's paper slipper time. Like the guys are half retired. What, right. What team oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paper you slipper, know. Gotcha. And I don't think that's happening. I don't think Frank's gonna. I think uh, I hope. I hope not. For one game does not tell the future. But yeah. Um. And I agree with you that South America is jackpot city for a lot of a lot of players. Mm. But I think that that whole philosophy has to start changing in management. They look to Europe first. Yeah. That's what we watch. Yeah. That's what starts in, in next month. City mm-hmm. A, City B, Premier League. Yeah. But if there's one thing that you'll see from, you know, uh, a Dutch a Dutch coach or Dutch influence is the one thing the Dutch have been arguably the best at, maybe second to Italy, is bringing over Brazilians. And you yeah. look at the list of guys, like you have Romario, you have Ronaldo, you have uh, who else am I thinking of? Those are two guys off the top of my head, and I know there's a lot more. <laughs> a In lot MLS, more. no, I'm saying just saying the the Dutch. Oh, the Dutch. Oh, the, I see. the connection between the Dutch and Brazil is yeah. strong. Yeah, and the scouting of the Dutch in Brazil has mm-hmm. has a has a rich history. Yeah, and there's strong. a lot of great Brazilians who've come over to like PSV mm-hmm. or to Feyenoord or to Ajax mm-hmm. and have become great players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that you know Aaron Vinter would probably say like, "Hey guys, like get guys on the cheap here." Yeah. You know, you just need to scout them out, and we could be having, this is, again, pie in the sky, but, you know, the next mm-hmm. Ronaldo or something like that. And even if they stick around for two or three years and then move on, at least... You cash in. You cash in, hopefully. Big time. I mean, I would like to see MLS not just a stepping stone to something else. That would be ideal. Right. But you know what? That's an, Again, I'm going to throw back to the Netherlands. The Netherlands has, has set themselves in a nice, a nice niche in Europe mm-hmm. where, um, you know... A great player in Holland will stay until their early 20s, maybe pushing towards their mid-20s, go for a contract in Italy or England mm-hmm. or some, or Spain, and then come back when they're 31, well, 32, like the Brazilians. 33. Right, but it's like they still come back with something in the tank, yeah. and they're not coming just to like walk out and for a, for a payday. For a payday yeah. They're coming back to return home. And that, I think, is like a good model, sort of to look at that. It's like, you know what, you can still have a... A great football you can still have entertaining mm-hmm. brand and and have the quality up yeah. and lose players at some point in their career but you still i mean there's a lot of great players in holland who spend their whole i mean there's Kuvermans, right yeah. who, who's until he's 32 um played his full career there mm-hmm. so the you know the precedent's been set that's ideal yeah but I, do you think that's going to happen in mls it's going to take a long time because the the salary cap's always going to be an issue, right? In North America, yeah. Yeah. So once it, if it ever starts to move up, if they ever get the the team situations right, where it's like a, more teams are turning profits and they can afford to yeah. increase the salary, then yeah, I think you might start seeing it. That's a long road. And that's the thing too is a lot of players. And if you if you're basing your league around North American players, you know, or the majority of them being North American, um, you know, a lot of them might see like oh do i really want to go you know if i'm not going to make it into the top four leagues in the world do i really want to go play in i don't know azerbaijan right do i yeah do i want (laughs) do i really want to go play in finland you know it's like freezing cold and it's dark all the time and i could still be hanging out in los angeles you know let's you know there's there might be something to weigh it the way it weigh it out but football players are weird and I think they, if they want to play, and all football players want to play in the first team. I think that's always their goal. And I think, like, we were talking about Mista going to Azerbaijan. Why, why on earth would he go there? Well, he goes there because he'll, he'll get treated like gold. They'll pay him a bunch of money. Yeah. 
and he gets to play. I think deep down these guys just just want to play play it. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if people will just be like, "Oh, I just want to be in L.A." I, I've seen you know, we've seen stranger things happen, and and people just going off to the weird. Like Russia has a hard time keeping keeping people, but they get them. Yeah, the Ukraine. Well, now they're you know, they're rolling cold. in it right now. The Russian league. They are. They are. A lot they're, of players are moving over there. And Russia and Brazil. Yeah. Two huge leagues, uh, two countries, you know, that are cashing in big time. And you're starting to see the, the players move into there. And, but there's also I mean, racism. Look at Gibril Cisse. Had sure. trouble in Panathinaikos and moved to Lazio. And then, you know, you always talk about the racism that's happened. I don't know. There's a lot of, I don't know, we can go on forever about this. but Yeah. Let's, let's circle back to the, yeah. you know, we should wrap this up. <laughs> we can continue this discussion later. So the next game we have, home game, next Wednesday, Real Estali. Good stuff. It's a big one, and we, Champions League we're, games. We're not going awesome, to sweep too much into, into another segue here, but you know, if there's one thing to grab for, I remember last year when I felt like you know what this season's really turned south. But the one thing I'm grasping for, and one thing I'm looking forward to, is seeing Cruz Azul at BMO Field. And this year, Pumas, Pumas, Pumas at BMO Field. Amazing. So let's hope for at least a good start to this tournament next yeah, Wednesday. I mean, they're, they're great games. There's like a different, it's a different league. It's like a different, it's like, you, remember the Cruz Azul games? We all remember going to those remember games. Remember how good Julian de Guzman was against Motagua yeah, and Cruz was, Azul? That one game was like, oh, he's worth that much money. Yeah. And then he league play happened again. Yes. <laughs> they <laughs> kept falling. But yeah, that's exciting. That's that's good. That's good for the, that's good for the good for the squad, and, and it's good for for Vinter who can he can start really planning, really planning to look ahead and have a goal. I mean, let's be honest. The playoffs are uh, we're, we're not going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So let's look at this as our way to make a mark. And MLS will talk. We, people will talk. Right. That that Winter knows what he's doing. Sure. If he can get past the Stelly and then get off into the group stages and pass that, mm-hmm. who cares about the league? Yeah. Who cares? All right. Andre, on the right. Here we go. You know how we close this up? Go Andre on the right. Spark on the left. Spark on the left. We'll catch you next time, hopefully next Wednesday after. Eastside Stand Up is the only TFC-specific podcast breaking down the game, a home game at least, right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home, or even through the week, come up with something, email us at haveyoursay at rednationonline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today. Thanks, John.